Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is February 15th, and we're excited to be with you guys again, myself and Richie Barnes, and we've got a special guest on tonight that we'll get to in just a moment. Uh, first, we want to remind you that Double Fries No Slaw brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee Street and 2550 North Monroe. Appreciate them. Go get a gut box with Double Fries Throw the coleslaw away. Uh, we will jump right into it. I'm super excited for our guest tonight. Um, we've got FSU women's basketball coach Brooke Wyckoff on the show. Coach, thank you for hanging out. How are you doing tonight? I'm great. Thanks for having me, you guys. I'm excited to be here. Absolutely. Thanks for coming on and hanging out with us. It always feels a little bit better to do a show the day after beating a big rival. Yeah, right? absolutely. Like, never, never complain about that. We had uh, we had Coach Hamilton on, so I know you guys are close between the programs we had him on and I asked him about beating rivals last week and he gave me like the most coach speak like answer of all time you know I, oh, I just focused on the next game and I was like look I'll let you have that answer but you just keep beating the rivals and that's fine you know so <laughs> when when both teams beat Miami and Florida in the same year it's it's always a good year so uh well thanks for hanging out we appreciate you coming on we're excited to excited to chat with you I always try and hit people with a, a pretty hard-hitting question first off so uh, double fries, no slaw. Are, are you a are you a Guthrie's fan? I mean, do you have do you have some positive things to say about them? <laughs> well, absolutely. I was a Florida State co- uh, student, and so yeah. you can't be a Florida State student and not be a Guthrie's fan. Uh, so yes, I have been uh, going to Guthrie's and eating there for uh, more years than I care to admit. Uh, so <laughs> having been an alumni a way long time ago, so absolutely. Love, love me some Guthrie's. So that's another reason I'm excited to be on the show. It's actually making me want to go get it for dinner yeah, tonight. No, no. <laughs> no, there's there's never a bad time uh, for Guthrie's. They built one here. I live in Tampa. They built one here in Tampa. Um, so that's super cool. It's down by my office. Richie's in Orlando, so he never gets to get it. But um, but yeah, no, it's a it's a must hit every time. So um, well, I wanted to ask you about this first, and we we're gonna try not to take up a ton of your time, but definitely want to chat with you. I, I wanted to ask you about this first because it's what I'm most excited about um, when we found out that you were coming on the show, but you started a foundation called um, Moms in Coaching, right? And I want to I ask you about that, but before I get into that, like, talk to me about, before we talk about the foundation, talk to me about like just coaching with kids. Talk to me about your kids. Talk to me about like, you know, the passion, the vision for starting this and really how how and why you started before we talk about what the what the foundation is because i have two small kids oh. i don't even know how i'm doing this right now but let alone you like coaching every night um there's some nights where i'm telling these guys like hey i'll be there in like 15 minutes like we're having a meltdown here so talk to you about your kids and, and what's going on let's start there yeah well thanks for asking about it it's something that i am super passionate about and um i i have a one daughter uh avery she's seven years old and um, she's obviously the light of my life and, and why I do everything I do. But um, obviously just ha- any working parent, as you know, I mean, like you just said, any working parent uh, has to deal with that pull between career and, and family. And we all understand it, whether you're a mom or a dad and no matter what age your kids are. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just, that was the reason that I'm fortunate enough to have started Moms and Coaching was because... I was a coach and then I was becoming a mom and, and saw 
um, just how many other women were doing, you know, the same thing that I was about to do, which was try to balance this, uh, this quite demanding job, which when it comes to just travel and time um, spent on this job and, and being a mom. So um, that's where the idea was born. And it's been an amazing journey just alongside just being a mom for seven years. I've had this this group uh, of amazing women to rely on and and to hear from and to interact with. So it's it's been really cool. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about the foundation. What what um what you do with it, right? Like what what it provides. You talked about the support and the mm -hmm. the system that is in place for moms in coaching. Obviously, not mm -hmm. not super hard to figure <laughs> out there. But tell us more about the foundation. You know what some of the very practical things that that you're doing with it are. Mm -hmm. Well, it started out just as that as a support group for moms uh, that were that were coaching and just it we get stuck in our bubbles of our teams, our programs. And a lot of times there aren't on a staff of, uh, you know, four coaches or an athletic department where there's maybe, you know, seven or eight female sports. There's not always a lot of other moms in your individual at your individual institution. And that was certainly the case for me. I was on a staff where there weren't any other moms. There were parents on the staff and men, but no females. And so I, when I became pregnant and, and it was obvious that I was going to have a kid and I was on the road recruiting in July where we're always like, there's tons of co college coaches out at these tournaments and so the moms started coming out of the woodwork, women that I knew I'd seen coaching for years and seen on the road recruiting, never knew they had kids. So as they began to tell me their stories and give me their advice, I thought, wow, like this is invaluable advice. I didn't have anybody that I knew of, um, you know, close to me to rely on. And so I thought how great it would be if we could all get together. Just me selfishly, I wanted us all together in a room so we could talk and and share stories and, and support each other. So that's really how it started. Um, our first meeting was in 2014 at the final four. We, we have a, our, our coaches convention there every, every year. And so moms and coaching was fortunate enough to, to be a part of it and has been for the last seven years. And we just got a bunch of moms in the room and just talked and, and heard from everybody. And it was great. So from there, um, it's grown into things like, you know, keeping in touch through a, a newsletter. We have Instagram accounts, Twitter accounts. We do a podcast, uh, my co-founder and I, uh, to bring on other moms who share their stories. And really, we're just trying to connect people. That's the biggest thing. And and just to, to get the word out there that, hey, when you're struggling as a parent, um, uh, just know that there's so many other women out there doing it. You can get through this. Um, you can call us, you can call, we can call each other and get through it. Um, the other part of it too, is that just getting the word out to younger females that may be thinking about having a family or wondering if it's possible, can I coach at this level and, and with these time constraints and be a parent? And we want them to know that the answer is yes, there's a lot of people doing it. And so we want, we want to keep females in coaching as much as we can. And the best way to do that is to let them know that, yes, you can do both. You can have a family and be a great person in your career. Um, with the organization and with what you've been able to do with it, um, do you have some like really cool or unique experiences or things that I'm sure? Yes. So I know the answer to this is yes, but like, what are some cool, just give us like a, a cool tidbit of story of like, how you've been able to like really directly impact or somebody has been able to really directly impact you or maybe somebody you, 
didn't expect, you know, it to come from, or just, you know, give us a kind of a neat story that's come along with it. Like I said, I'm sure you have hundreds, but yeah, uh, you know, we don't want to keep you here for two hours. So, <laughs> so, what's, uh, so no, cool well, I mean, honestly, the story that I love to tell is again, the biggest inspiration for starting this. And it uh, was that Brenda freeze. She's a longtime coach, head coach at Maryland, very successful, um, has won a million conference titles, have been to the final four, um, and just, just really, really successful. And I always see her as really hardworking, very dedicated to her job recruiting wise and as a coach, very intense. Um, and, and she was the one that said to me, Brooke, that first year of your child's life, do not take for granted. You're going to feel the pull of of work. You're going to feel like, ugh, I need to work. I need to work. You're not. You're used to it. You know. You don't know anything else. She said, but you'll never get that first year of your daughter's life back. Work will always be there. And so coming from her, and just because I always revered her as just like the hardest, one of the hardest working coaches, head coaches in the business. I was like, wow. You know, that hit me. And that piece of advice that I got from her impacted me so much. I thought, man, there's got to be so much other great advice out there um, from these moms that are that are doing both and doing it so well. Um, so yeah, I love to tell that story. And I, I wrote her a note later on and said, thank you so much for that. Um, and I definitely took that to heart and, and tried to enjoy every single moment. Uh, and I still do. Um, knowing that, you know, there's, there's, benefits of both there's there you got to find that balance but um keeping priorities straight coach so uh you know it, it, i was in school it, from 2006 to 2010 and you know uh, one random day uh, i think it was the 2009 season uh, where me and my roommate said hey why don't we go to the women's basketball game right that you guys are playing texas a&m they were number three in the country they had a all-american on the team and we, we went and sat front row and, and we're cheering loud as could be. And Coach Sue, like two games later, we showed up again and she had pizza delivered to us in our seats. Um, so I'm a huge Coach Sue fan. Just talk about the how big of an honor it was for her to say, hey, you know, I'm stepping away for this year, but I want, you know, Brooke Wyckoff to <laughs> run the program for me because she's an amazing Noel, an amazing coach, and, and she trusted you. So just and you played for her as well. Obviously, I know she didn't recruit you, but you played for her and were an All-American. So what did it mean to see Coach Sue say, hey, uh, Brooke, I want you to run this program while I'm out? Yeah, it meant so much. And just like the story you just told, I, she is the best. She really is. I mean, Coach Sue has impacted the lives of so many people and she does it day in and day out. Not only her players, but people in the community, our fans. Uh, she's just special. And so she they're very big shoes that I had to fill, but I'm truly honored that she entrusted me with this program that she has built really uh, over the past 25 years. Um, and she's been a mentor to me since I was 17 years old, has taught me the most important things in life, uh, so much about coaching, but even more just about how to treat people, how to be successful in anything just based on your character. And so, yes, uh, just to know that she thought I was up to the task was a huge honor. Um, and, and I hope that uh, I'm doing her proud. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think you're doing a great job, Coach. And you know, you, you guys are eight and five overall, seven and five in the ACC right now. 
only a lot of people don't realize this, only six ACC teams are above 500 right now. The conference is kind of like cannibalizing itself right <laughs> now. But but you guys and you've dealt with so many injuries and, you know, everything going on. But you're off to a pretty successful start. So uh, just in general, how has this first season been going through a pandemic, the injuries and knowing you're like an interim coach <laughs> and, and doing a phenomenal job doing so? Well, it has been quite an experience. I, you know, I've obviously, like you said, that it's been a crazy season when the ACC is so up in the air with anybody can beat anyone. Uh, it's kind of nice, you know, to have a lot of parity. Um, and when you lose a game, it's not nice, but it is also <laughs> like, okay, you know, the, it's not like hope is not lost. Everybody is going through the same types of things. Most of it is due to COVID. Uh, it's just the up and down of the season, the uncertainty of, of what's going to happen tomorrow in terms of, are we going to be able to play? Is the, the other team going to be able to play? And then also just the shortened season, not having the time, the non-conference, we usually play 12 to 13 games in the non-conference before we start conference play. So to have such a shortened time to really figure out who you are, get all the kinks out before you go into the gauntlet of the ACC, that just wasn't there. So you see teams going through that now um, against great competition night in and night out. But for me, the biggest thing that's, that's helped me was just that the people that were around me, the staff that was already in place, the team that was already in place, just phenomenal people that have supported me, um, but taking on this role and just really, I don't have to do much managing of people. Uh, it, they're just so amazing. The players have just taken every single turn, you know, every single bit of news of, oh, this, there's a change today, ladies. There's a change. <laughs> We're not doing this. We're going to do this. They just take it all in stride and roll with it and are just ready ready to go the next day. So um, I've been fortunate in that aspect, but this is definitely a season none of us will forget, um, but we've been able to get some good things out of it so far. Yeah. I, I think about, you know, the time I, I was driving to Tallahassee for the Florida state Virginia football game. And uh, when we got to Gainesville, like the news came, Oh, games canceled. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. And the, that's just tough. And I can't imagine, you know, I'm a fan, like whatever, it's not a big deal. But for you as a coach and your players to have to go day by day, not knowing what's next, that has to be extremely difficult. And you guys are still finding a way to navigate that. And just what do you tell the players in that aspect where, you know, we have a practice on Thursday, we're supposed to play on Saturday, but it may not happen. And hopefully it does. Yeah. It, the, when we, so we had five non-conference games scheduled originally and we only ended up playing one and so we because of the other teams canceling on us so literally it would be we'd, we'd get together on a Friday we're supposed to play Sunday we'd watch film uh you know for 10 minutes before practice and the girls would go start to warm up and I would get a phone call this happened at least twice I would get a phone call after we just watched film on the opponent kids are ready for practice and uh, the game is the game's off. So now I've got to sit there while they finish warming up and to start practice. I've got to say, Hey guys, the game's canceled. I'm so sorry, but we got to practice anyway. We got to keep getting better, you know? And so to have to tell them that, 
um, several times was heartbreaking. I mean, it was one of the hardest things I had to do, but to their credit, I mean, they were obviously disappointed, but they went out and practiced hard. They went out and practiced hard the next day, knowing that they didn't have a game. I mean, for, for 18 to 22 year olds to be able to, to do that, wrap their heads around that and then go out and, and put the work in anyway. I mean, we had 40 practices uh, and had only played one game. And that's just, that's just insane. Like no, no yeah. scrimmages, no exhibition game. I mean, and so to, you know, they just, they were warriors in that aspect. And unfortunately now we're used to it. I mean, when things happen and it's like, well, I, we're not going to play this game. Um, we're used to it. And then you may have a new opponent, you know, it's like, oh, we're not going to play so-and-so on Sunday, but we'll play this other team instead. So you guys ready to go? And <laughs> they do. <laughs> oh. Coach, you are a Seminole through and through, like you said, played at FSU, played for Coach Sue, and then now have, have coached there uh, forever. How special was it you, for you to return to FSU um, to coach? Like I'm big on the um, like the nostalgia of everything. Like I watched all the old games with like football and basketball, all this stuff. And so like what's it been like to be there, you know, return there and, and be there through – Man, a lot of great moments just in FSU athletics, FSU in general. What, what's that like? It's a dream. It's a dream come true. I mean, a dream that I didn't even know that would exist for me. Um, it, it really is. I mean, since the age of 17, uh, which is when I first stepped on campus, I, I've been a Seminole. And there have been, like you said, just so many amazing moments that I've lived uh, through basketball, through other sports, through my education at Florida State, through the people I've met. Um, Florida State has really been the biggest springboard for me, just not only in my career, obviously now as a coach, but it was a springboard for me as a professional basketball player. And also just as a person, just uh, the, the, the culture of Florida State athletics, the culture of the, of the university has just prepared me to be successful in life in, in every area and has supported me, like I said, since I was a teenager. So I, I am so blessed and just so proud to be a Seminole and to still be able to, to represent the university day in and day out and, and share that experience with our players. That's the best thing is that I love that bringing in players who are excited to be Seminoles just like I was and to share in their journey uh, these the four years that they're here and to make that the best experience that will springboard them to the next phase of their life. Um, so speaking on some of that history and tradition at FSU, you've you've been there for some really cool athletic moments. And so we'll we'll take we'll take women's basketball away for just a moment. But what was the coolest moment for you being at Florida State, either as a student, as a coach, like is there a certain championship? Is there a certain, like, what's been the coolest moment outside of, you know, your, your <laughs> team and what, you know, obviously that's going to probably win most things, but like, what what's that moment for you? Women's basketball removed. You already know what I'm going to say. It's the <laughs> dynasty. The, <laughs> the dynasty. Back when I was a college student, uh, football, I say dynasty. We all know what I'm talking about. The football, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, being at those, being 
at those games, I mean, watching people like Chris Winkie and Peter Warwick and, you know, like just the list goes on of all the amazing players that just watching them just win and dominate and win national championships um, was amazing. And just being, seeing what a championship program was like, what a championship culture was, championship fan support um, and being part of that was amazing. And I really believe that Florida State can get back to that. I do. And and to to have lived through it, um, I have hope and, and excitement for, you know, those days will come again. And, and I really think Coach Norvell is is someone that's fully capable of, of getting Florida State back to that level. And so um, we're ready for that whenever it happens. But yeah, those memories will live uh, forever with me and just being able to be at Doe Campbell Stadium for some of those huge, huge wins is amazing. Yeah, no, I, I knew that would be the answer. I just still wanted to hear it anyway. Yeah, like I, rem- I reminisce about 2013 just like every couple of days. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah you know, like I just relive in the highlights. Um, talk to us a little bit about uh, – We've, we've asked different people about this, and so I wanted to kind of get your perspective so that the people listening that will see this later uh, can hear. But talk to us a little bit about um, booster support and what it does and, and means to your program. We've talked to different coaches and different people about that, but how does it impact you guys directly, um, just people supporting the boosters and, and, and contributing to their campaigns and such? Yeah. Our booster support is everything. As, as you guys well know, it, it, it really does – allow us to give our student athletes the college experience that they expect uh, when they come here and beyond their expectations. Um, You know, these, these young ladies work so hard. They sacrifice so much of their time um, of their bodies and that, you know, just to be, to get to the level uh, to be able to play at Florida state. And so when they come to Florida State, they know they're coming to a premier program um, where they're going to get the, the best of the best, the full college experience, um, the best experience of a women's basketball program, um, which they have earned. They And they want to come and, and to represent the Seminoles in, in that way, a, in a championship way. They're coming here to win championships and to get the championship experience. And without our boosters, we can't give them that. Um, and so coach Sue has always been big on, it's not just about the basketball, a championship experience, uh, and a great four years at Florida state doesn't mean, you know, we're just gonna, you know, play the best basketball and win championships. It's about where we go and how, how we enhance their education outside of the classroom. They're here to get a great education, but we also have the opportunities to give them education in 3D, we call it, when we travel, um, being able to show them places in the world that they would never see otherwise. That's what happened with me. I hadn't been out of the Midwest, um, and we took a foreign tour to Europe, and and just to experience that, uh, that kind of thing, thanks to our boosters, thanks to the support um, really open my eyes to what else is out there in the world. And that's what these student athletes are able to to have when they come to Florida State. So we're just so grateful for, for everything that the boosters uh, give us and, and the way they support us and the experience that they allow us to give um, to our student athletes while they're here. 
Yeah, absolutely. You, you, we've talked about Coach Sue a couple of times, and we had, um, I think we had, I think it might have been Mark, Mike Martin earlier in the year, come on, and we asked, you know, about, you know, coaches at FSU, and like, you know, who who's somebody that's like impacted you, or who's somebody that like you really have a lot of respect for. I don't remember the exact question, but his answer was, well, "Let me tell you, when Coach Sue walks in a room, everybody else shuts up and listens. Like every she." And that he was just like, look, I've been here forever, you know, taking care, take over my dad. You know, Jibbo was here for when Coach Sue walks in. So, on her specifically, how, you know, and and I'll, you know, if you don't want to answer this, like you can just tell me the next question or whatever. It's like you're totally like, how connected are you with her still? Like, how much? Like, is she is she like trying to be like hands off and let you do your thing, or is she like you guys talk every day? You're like, okay, well, what would you do here? Like, what what's that dynamic like? Um, during this year, it would, yeah. that's so weird, you know, with everything. Yeah. She has been amazing. Uh, she has, and I can't even imagine after building a program, this is like your baby almost, you know, for 25 years to just hand it over and have to watch uh, from a distance. Like I would be probably trying to micromanage everything and, and wanting, you know, like, but she has been, so great just in terms of balance she has allowed me the room to really lead and to do things my own way but at the same time she's been there for me every step of the way um and not in any overbearing kind of way uh she has supported me whenever i've needed her um offered words of advice a listening ear which is what i need most <laughs> just to be able to vent to her um, and then she picks up, you know, some of the things that I don't have as much time for. She understands better than anyone what my time demands are. And so where she's been able to step in to handle, you know, certain things, whether it be administratively or talking to our players or our staff, you know, she's she's been a great um, help in that way as well. But uh, yeah, Coach Sue is the best, and I've just been fortunate to have been literally raised by her in terms of being ready to take on this kind of of position and role. and And she really did prepare me so well, and I'm I'm so thankful for it. Um, and and like I said, I hope I'm doing her proud. <laughs> I think you um, are, Coach. I, I really yeah. do. <laughs> no, for sure. We we were. Uh, uh, President Alford was on the night you guys were playing Florida. And so you see Richie like peeking up at his TV every few seconds. <laughs> all three of us were like, oh no, they felt like, you know, all three of us were like in tune and watching it. And then like you guys finally ended up winning. We're like, all right, cool. Let's get back to the interview. <laughs> like, and we're live. Like we're live, right? Like people are like watching us and like we're like, all right, we're going to watch the end of this game. Mm. So no, we are super proud. I know she is too. Um, we talked a lot about your, your moms and coaching. How can people, um, where can people follow that? Where can they check out the podcast? Um, you know, and I don't know, you know, what's the best way for people to support that? Yeah. You know, can you kind of give us more information on where to, where to go again, to find out more, to support and, and find you through yeah. there? At, it's at moms and coaching, both on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, and then the podcast, if you just search moms and coaching, it's, it should come up, um, for our podcast. So yes, I would love, uh, just people to check, check out our social media accounts and just see, 
um, really, you can see the stories and, and just the, the daily lives of, of the women that are doing this. Um, and also just on our podcast, we have uh, several episodes on there just to hear some more stories of, of how, what this looks like behind the scenes for people from all different levels and with kids of all ages. So really, really appreciate the support and thanks so much for asking about it. Yeah, no, I, I love sports and obviously I do a sports podcast, but my kids are my favorite thing in the world. So when they told me about it, I was just like, oh yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm all over this one. Um, I post way too many, you know, like every couple hours I'm posting a picture. Of my wife's like, you've, you've done enough for today. Like, <laughs> no. you posted enough of it. I'm like, all right, well, you're not going to stop me. So, you know, um, you guys finish out the year with a couple of ACC games left. What four games left, and then the tournament's coming up. Um, so we're excited to um, to watch that and follow you guys throughout the rest of the season um, into postseason play. And so we could not be more excited for you and appreciate your time so much in, in hanging out tonight. So um, we'll we'd love to have you back anytime. The next time we're in Tallahassee, and there's not a pandemic. We'll all go get Guthrie's. Uh, yes. Take the kids to go get that. You know, feed them yes. a bunch of healthy stuff. But uh, we appreciate you so much for, for coming on and hanging out. Wish you the best of luck throughout the rest yeah. of the year. Oh, Thanks, thank Paige. you so much. This was so much fun and a huge honor to, to, to be on with you guys. So really appreciate it. Awesome. We appreciate it, Coach. Thanks, Richie. Thanks, TJ. Thanks. Good luck. Go Brooke Wyckoff of FSU Women's Hoops. Um, she was great. She was fantastic. She's I love yeah. I love chat with her. Like every time we have another coach on, I'm just like, oh, that was my favorite. Or no, this one was my favorite. You know, like she was so personable, so down to earth. I loved hearing about her fan foundation. If any of you, uh, which I know uh, some of you un un regrettably do, follow me. You know that I, my kids mean everything to me, and so like the fact that she's able to to do both and balance both is is incredible. And um, man, they're doing a heck of a she's doing a heck of a job this year. You know, taking you always say like you don't want to be the guy that or the girl right that follows the legend right. Um, <laughs> imagine being the girl that has to like fill in for the legend like. While the legend's still here, wasn't like Jimbo taking over Bobby or you know somebody else taking over for this guy or that guy. She, you know, Sue's like watching every move, but um, she was incredible. She was really, really fun to have on, and and I appreciated uh, her time. What were your thoughts, Richie? Yeah, I thought Coach Brooke was great, man. Like, and that's what you would expect from Florida State basketball, men's or women's, especially with Coach Sue being the head coach of the women's program, and she still is. Um, but yeah, like Coach Brooke is doing a phenomenal job. Like we said, only six teams in the ACC are above 500 right now in league play, and Florida State's one of them. So she's doing a phenomenal job in uh, kind of a you know no notice. Like, hey, here you go. By the way, you're you're going to be the head coach this year. So good for her, man. And she's phenomenal. Obviously, a great mother uh, cares about the players. I'm really glad we were able to get her on this week because she she's an inspiration to many women. And uh, I, I know uh, I enjoyed that interview thoroughly and I know my wife will, and hopefully a lot of other mothers and, and women will, you know, feel that empowerment empowerment as well and, and enjoy the interview. Yeah, for sure. So go check out her podcast too. I'm excited. I'm going to go listen yeah. to it tomorrow on the way to work. Uh, Moms in coaching. So I'm excited to check that out. Um, but go check out their podcast. You know, if, if, or, or send it to somebody who, who you think it will, uh, will enjoy it. Um, 
Speaking of basketball, the the Nulls are up 70 to 51 right now. I got a little bit too close for comfort there for a minute. I think it got down <laughs> to like seven points. And I'm like, oh, it did, no. yeah. <laughs> it's a repeat of Saturday. Uh but I'm like, I'm, I'm watch I'm trying to watch the Brook interview, but at the same time, I'm like, oh man, I don't know what's yeah. going on. We're back up by 22 right now, so so feeling good. Yeah, in much better shape. Um, so hopefully we can get these last four and a half minutes done and, and get out of here with a win over number seven, Virginia. So, uh, Hey, last week, coach Hamilton, this week, coach Wyckoff, uh, we've got more coming very soon. I don't want to announce anything until people are on the air. Cause I don't want to, you know, I don't want to get into it like, Oh, well they didn't show up or this or that and the other, but we've got more coming. So stay tuned to double Fresno slaw. And we've got some more exciting things coming up. Really exciting. I'm going to give Richie a minute and seven seconds of un- or a minute and 33 seconds of uninterrupted um, basketball watching time because Florida State did win on Saturday in their last game. They returned to the court in overtime, which is a, a, a place that they just don't lose. Uh, without further ado, the best part of the show, Richie Barnes's basketball minute, ladies and gentlemen. Following a two-week COVID-caused pause, the Fighting Hams were back in action Saturday afternoon at the TLC Double C, where opposing teams simply don't just stroll into expecting a victory, hosting the Demon Deacons of Wake Forest. The first 14 minutes of action would be a back-and-forth affair with both teams trading blows early and often. Then Big Turk, a.k.a. Raekwon 50 Shades of Grey, would take over in the final minutes of the first half, pouring in eight points in less than 200 seconds of action, with the good guys taking a 41-31 point lead to the half. While the Seminoles thought they were in for a peaceful Saturday stroll in the park, the Deeks had other ideas of how this should end. Wake Forest's Jonah Antonio Brown showed why he is one of the most dangerous deep threats in the league, connecting on 7 of 8 from distance, single-handedly keeping Wake in the game. Then, late, when it looked like the Deeks were destined to steal one at the tuck, Scotty, the super point guard Barnes, wasn't having any of that. With the Knolls down two with just 5.4 ticks on the clock, the freshman Phenom took the inbound, drove the length of the floor, and finished with an acrobatic reverse layup to tie things up with one-tenth of a second on the clock, giving everyone at the TLC C some free basketball. The extra period would belong to the Tribe as they outscored Wake Forest 12-5, winning their 11th straight overtime contest and their 23rd consecutive ACT game at home, just three shy of the league record. Knowles hosts Virginia Monday night in what could be the ACC game of the year. Hopefully for those listening Tuesday morning or later, wake up to some good news. But as Coach Shams says, for now, the cake is still in the oven. Richie Barnes' Basketball Minute as we come back from that. Three and a half minutes to go. FSU up by 17. Um, looking like they're going to hold on. Uh, Virginia just missed a three, and the Knowles have the ball, so take another 30 seconds off the clock. Um, a fun basketball minute. Man, I'm already looking forward to next week's basketball minute with a top 10 win. Uh, oh, man. I, I, uh, ACC, uh, ACC home court advantage exists. Um, man, I just wish this would have gone – well, no, I'm, I'm glad it didn't go to overtime because the stress I wouldn't have liked. But, no. yeah, just – Fantastic to blow Virginia out here. So, um, hope I'm not speaking too soon. But three and, minutes to go now. And the, and the best thing, teams do not do this to Virginia. Like it doesn't happen. Virginia controls every game they play. Tony Bennett, I hate the guy, but he's a phenomenal coach, and uh, he he knows how to control the tempo. But he does not know what to do when he's down by 19 points uh, because his team's not built like that. You know, they're built to play a game that's, you know, two, three, four points uh, either way the entire game, and then they just beat you. They, they wear you down defensively. 
They they play that pack line defense. They do not let the ball into the paint. But Florida State tonight came out. They dropped 45 in the first half. And uh, Virginia just doesn't do that. They don't give up 45 points in some games. And Florida State just came out on fire. Uh, MJ Walker, Wyatt Wilkes, like, man, it, it was a great first half. We've been, you know, doing the second half on this podcast. and have been able to watch it all. But I'll definitely watch it tomorrow again on the replay. But, man, Florida State, when they are playing their A game, this is the Final Four team. And I truly believe they can get there. You know, Gonzaga and Baylor are the, probably the two teams that scare me the most. But nobody else in the country, what I see Florida State playing against, that I would be concerned. Um, obviously, they can lose to anybody. But, man, this this team, they're legit. And every I'm not going to say everybody's good last year's team because last year's team, I think, was probably the best Florida State team ever. But they have a very good team this year, and they can make a run. So it'll be interesting to see what happens if they uh, in the bubble in Indianapolis. Yeah, no, they're they're a ton of fun to watch, um, and every game is just you know you just in, you just enjoy when when they're playing at their best. They are fantastic. Uh, I've I've mentioned this a couple times on here. Their next game is Saturday, um, February twentieth. Uh, noon tip off. I am taking my daughter to her first uh, FSU hoops game. She loves, and every time she sees it, anytime I wear an FSU shirt or we see it anywhere, she goes Seminole, Seminole. So like when we walk into the tuck and she's got that massive Seminole on the floor, like she's going to be in heaven. So I'm excited to get up to Tallahassee this weekend and uh, and take some <laughs> pictures with her. I, I'm I'm. So looking forward to seeing this team. They only have a couple of games left. We talked about that with Brooke. Their team only has – we have five games left after tonight. Virginia Tech, then we play Miami next Wednesday, Saturday uh, against UNC, and then BC and Notre Dame to finish it out. I think FSU's got a great chance to win out. Uh, Saturday is going to be tough against Virginia Tech. But, um, you know, Florida State, if they can kind of take care of business, maybe they can end up in a region that's not one of those two <laughs> – <laughs> in the TLC double C man, we don't lose. So like, it'll be interesting. It, it, you know, and obviously we, we say that somewhat in jest, but not really because, you know, we, when we talked to coach Hamilton last week, you know, 66 and four in their, the past four years in the, the Tucker center, a phenomenal record. Um, obviously COVID plays a role this year, but man, this team, they, they do not lose at home. Like we joke, like you do not stroll into the TLC double C and expect to leave with a victory, but that's a fact at this point. Like, I mean, we're talking ACC basketball, Duke, Carolina, you know, and we'll leave it at that. They, they don't have a run like this currently, like Florida no. state does because Florida state and Florida state is hosting these teams regularly. We are hosting Louisville, North Carolina, Duke. Um, Virginia, uh, as we saw tonight, and they wish they hadn't come here. Man, what a great time to be a Florida State basketball fan. And I, I'm going to ride this as long as I can because Ham has things rolling. Uh, thank you, Ham, for coming on the pod last week. But, man, he, he has things rolling right now. And you, you got to feel good about a, being a Florida State basketball fan right now. Absolutely potentially a chance to get two ranked wins if they can win on Saturday within one yeah. week. Excited to see about where we'd move up to, you know, I think probably top uh, 10 had to right be outside right? or just inside that top 10 based on how other, other teams do. So yeah, a great time to be an FSU basketball fan and then four winnable games after this weekend. So can't Hunter just mentioned that in the chat, you know, could be a two or three seed based on how they finish the year and then uh, what the ACC tournament looks like. So, 
excited for that. Not an overreaction at all to say that Florida State is one of the best 10 teams in the country. Where there was an overreaction, and we'll wrap up here the show pretty quickly, but there was a little bit of an overreaction on Twitter. Um, Richie, have you ever seen a one-second video that got as much play as uh, Mackenzie Milton's one-second jog on uh, on the Florida State video that got put out? Uh, it, it, it was about a half-second clip, and people freaked out. And we're, again, we are, what, seven months from the season? Like, calm down, people. I'm just going to say, calm down. Mackenzie, I know he looked a little awkward running in that clip, but it was half a second. And keep in mind, the Florida State coaching staff has an entire season of scout team film that they were able to evaluate before bringing him to Florida State. Yeah, it, our, nothing like our fan base to, uh, <laughs> to overreact to, to dumb things uh, that are absolutely meaningless. Not a dumb thing that's absolutely meaningless is Andrew Parchment. Uh, looked like he yeah. was in Tallahassee working out with the team. What are your thoughts there? Yeah, it's good to see. A lot of people thought that it meant that you know he enrolled at Florida State, which was not the case. Um, he, he's from South Florida, so a, a weekend drive to Tallahassee is not that big of a deal. So he was there. He was uh, working out. A lot of people, you know, posted screenshots of him with his garnet and gold FSU cleats. But he he was literally just there visiting for a workout. He's not enrolled. Uh, but I, you know, there were some thoughts that you know he was committed but not enrolled. So could he end up somewhere else? I think we can put that to bed and understand that, you know, Andrew Parman is all null. He He's going to be at Florida State. Uh, I'm excited, man, to, to see him. You know, he's a thousand-yard receiver in the Big 12, and uh, it's a big deal. And for him to start building that camaraderie with the team and building that chemistry with Mackenzie Milton and the rest of the offense, I, I think that's a really big deal. And obviously, he he's not fully enrolled yet. He, he's going to be – he's back down to Miami now as far as I'm concerned. And uh, but he'll be back in May to enroll, and he's a big deal. I'm excited to get him on the team, uh, him and Mackenzie Milton, and everybody else that's coming in. It, there's a lot of good things going on in Tallahassee. You know, Mike Norvell's kind of got things rolling right now, especially with the 2022 recruiting class. We'll get into more of that, you know, a few weeks down the line. We, we're not a big recruiting podcast here, but a lot of good things going on, and, and a lot of things to be encouraged by right now. Yeah, we uh, and speaking on recruiting, for those that are more into that and, and would like to hear a little bit more on it, I've got a guest lined up for uh, not this upcoming week, but probably the week after. Probably, um, you know, the the I guess it's like the 28th of yeah. uh, February would be that Sunday. Uh, we'll probably go back to Sunday here soon. We've been doing Monday because of the Super Bowl and Valentine's Day and stuff. But I've got a big recruiting analyst, big expert, national guy uh, lined up for that week again. Don't want to give away too many names. It's not Josh Newberger, Brendan Sinone. As close as I am with both of them, it's not those guys. But a big national guy that I'm excited to get on here and talk some recruiting, talk about what Mike Norvell is doing from a national perspective. I, I like hearing from those guys. They do a great job, uh, but they're focused on FSU, and they kind of give answers that way. I like to hear from national guys. We've had Andy Staples. We've had Barrett Salee. We've had different people on Kirk Herstreet to talk about what Norvell's doing from that national sense. And and that's kind of the perspective that I like to get because FSU folks sometimes see stuff with uh, either too harshly, too critically with garnet and gold color glasses or, or whatever on. So excited for that to get into a little bit more recruiting toward the end of this month after we get through this coaching circuit. FSU up 19 with a minute and 20 to go. It's looking good, but, uh, you know, you just never know. <laughs> Scotty Barnes oh, that's over. Is, so, over. is so fantastic. Um, we uh, We talked about this as well. Uh, very quickly, did you see how Daniel Berger won the Pe- won at Pebble Beach this weekend? Like, was that not yeah. or yesterday? Yeah, what's what's today? Uh, 
Yeah, I, I mean, all Sunday. he needed was the birdie. All he needed was the birdie. But like to walk it off like he did was with, with an amazing. eagle putt. Yeah, man, it, thirty-three it, feet away. You know, we we, we taught. It's funny, man. We're at Florida State. We we're big football and basketball people, but man, people forget Brooks Kepka was the number one player in the world at one point very recently. Um, and he just won at the Phoenix Waste Management Open last week. And then this week, his college teammate, so they played at Florida State together, Daniel Berger, won at Pebble Beach at the Pro-Am. Yeah. So I, I think it's the first time you've had college teammates win back-to-back PGA events in, in a very long time. And it's just, you know, we had Trey Jones, the Florida State golf coach on here, um, you know, uh, probably, what, two months ago. But man, it, it's just amazing to see like Florida State. I, I made a joke yesterday, Country Club U on Twitter, but it, it might not be much of a joke because, you know, Berger, I think that's his fourth win on the tour. And obviously, Kepka, he has multiple majors um, and won the Phoenix Waste Management Open last week. You know, Florida State's turn, it kind of turned into a golf powerhouse, and I love it. Yeah, no, it's, you know, there can be debates about DBU and running back you and wider receiver and all that stuff, but goal G O L F U is definitely FSU. At least right now there, there's nobody touching uh, Florida state. Uh, last thing. And then we'll, we'll do some news and some shout outs before we get out of here. But um, did you see that UCF has the most accomplished head coach in the state of Florida uh, right now? Like how insane is it that Gus Malzahn just went to central Florida? I, th- I think it's a phenomenal hire by UCF. Um, way to swing for the fences and hit it out of the park, in my opinion. And I also think it's ironic that UCF beat Gus Malzahn to win their quote-unquote national championship. And now Gus says, you know, if you can't beat him, join him. So he he he's down in Orlando, you know, a, a stone's throw from uh, my house. And good for Gus and good for UCF. I, I think it's a great hire. Um, I think that offense with Daniel Gabriel at UCF is going, they might go undefeated next year. Uh, I'm really excited to watch it and good, great job UCF. I, I give UCF a lot of, you know, a hard time, but they they hit a home run on this one in my opinion. Yeah, I think they did for sure. I wonder if, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to go the other way for just a second. I think this is a fantastic hire. Um, I wonder if this was like the best offer that Malzahn got, you know, or if he just didn't want to wait for a bigger offer. I feel like Malzahn could have gotten a power five job. Uh, I think that uh, UCF is about as good of a job. It's probably the best job you can get non power five, right? Like, you know, so, you know, minus like some independent, like Notre Dame and stuff like that. But like, I think that, uh, you know, it just surprises me that he took that, that there, you know, there wasn't like a different offer that came or, uh, another power five school that, that came calling, but yeah, that's a fantastic hire for them. Um, man, he's special. And so they're, they're, they're going to be a fun team to watch, um, for sure. Um, we'll give you a little news on the show and then we'll give some shout outs and get out of here. But, uh, we've gotten a couple of questions in the chat and want to, want to address this before we go super, super far. I didn't want to do this with Brooke on the, on the line. Um, just due to some kind of unforeseen things, Freddie is not going to um, continue on with the podcast. Uh, we came to a mutual agreement uh, that he was going to focus on some other things. Um, we wish him absolutely all the best. Uh, no hard feelings at all. Um, 
still have his book sitting on my nightstand. Um, Richie's still like one and a half chapters in because he's the slowest reader on earth. But uh, wish him all of the absolute best. Still want you to support him. And still, we will always be Freddie Stevenson fans and supporters. But he's going to focus on some other things. He has some other things going on. And the podcast right now just didn't fit into that. And so, again, wish him all the best. We've had a couple people ask um, in the chat and ask about it. Um, but, again, still massive Freddie Stevenson fans, and uh, we will always support him uh, on this show and hope that you will do the same. So uh, excited for him. You can still go pick up his book, Trials to Triumph. He didn't pay for this ad, but I'll still tell you, you can still go pick up his book, Trials to Triumph, which was uh, huge to me, and I really, really enjoyed it. Uh, you can pick it up at Amazon, Walmart, uh, Barnes and Walmart, I think Barnes and Noble, uh, all those places online, or you can go to trials.totriumph.com. I believe he does a personalized edition. Um, so little news and notes, housekeeping there, um, before we get on, um, outside of that, I think we're pretty much good for the show. Do you have any, uh, any shout outs or anything on your end before we get out of here? Shout out FSU basketball for winning 81 to 60 beaten VA by 21. Um, 81. Shout out, Kobe. Um, any shout outs from you before we get out of here? Great win by Florida State, man. And, and I was, can we get a can we get a can we get a real time basketball minute? No, no. Nah. <laughs> you're putting way too much pressure on me right now. But but I'm really happy, man. 80, like you said, 81 to 60. You know, Florida State was favored by a point and a half. Over under was uh, um 124 today, I believe, which is ridiculously low. And Florida State damn near covered that themselves so super happy with this this win by florida state um kind of what you alluded to you know we wish nothing but the best for freddie uh his book uh, i'm about halfway through it and i i want to share it with as many people as we can because it, it it truly is like you watch florida state 2013 to 16 with freddie and you watch him play and you don't realize what he went through. And he said last week as much that his teammates had no idea, but his book really opened their eyes. So, so definitely support the book. Go buy it if you can. It's a short, easy read. Um, wish him nothing but the best. And again, <laughs> Leonard Hamilton, damn, what a what an asshole when you put on Virginia tonight. Uh, I'm loving it. You know, I no shout out to McDonald's who I worked for when I was like 15, but that's cool. But yeah, a, a lot of good stuff going on with Florida State. Shout out Brooke, uh, Coach Brooke Wyckoff for coming on tonight. Um, just a great show. Uh, I loved it. Yeah, no, enjoyable time tonight for sure. Um, we may be on Monday again next week based on what our guests can or cannot do. Um, so we'll keep you updated there. You know, it'll be Sunday or Monday, but we'll uh, we'll keep you updated. Uh, appreciate Brooke. Appreciate FSU men's basketball winning. Uh, and it not being particularly close in the second half, yes. so that Freddie, or I'm sorry, so that Richie could stay on here and 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 be able to watch it. Um, rest in peace, Vincent Jackson. That news came oh, out today, and that's sad, super man. super sad. heartbreaking. Um, you know the first the first uh, touchdown that my boy ever threw in a win uh, was to Vincent Jackson uh, in the in yeah. the dome in 2015. Uh, James's first touchdown pass in a win was against the Saints to Vincent Jackson. A beautiful ball. Uh, put up over two defenders. Vincent Jackson got two feet down on the back of the end zone, but so much more than he was a basketball player. I'm sorry, a football player. He was a fan. I've got all these basketball coaches on here. I can't keep it straight. Uh, he was that guy off the field. NFL man of the year for the Bucks. four out of his five seasons here. Did so much in the community in Tampa. 
Um, you always saw him at different sporting events and stuff. So just tragic loss. Uh, prayers up for his family and those close to him and the whole Bucks organization because he he really meant a lot to a lot of guys. He took guys like Mike Evans under his wing, took guys like James wow. Winston under his wing when they were new, and he was the old NFL vet. And I mean, I loved Vincent Jackson. Uh, I I, uh, I loved him on the field. I loved him off the field, and that is uh, a really w- rough one uh, to to lose a guy 38 years old. So absolutely heartbreaking there. And uh, prayers up to to his family. Um, and a shout out to him again, four time NFL man of the year. That's amazing. Like, yeah. you know, Anquan Bolden was man of the year. Um, you know, Florida state has definitely had a presence in that Walter Payton, obviously is, is the guy who started that whole thing, but four time man of the year, Vincent Jackson, 38 years old, way too soon. That, that it's terrible. It, it's yeah. terrible, depressing. Um, and we pray for him and his family. Yeah, no. Um, Again, like Richie, like Richie said, um, shout out Brooke Wyckoff, Coach Wyckoff. Um, Mom's in coaching. You can follow them on Twitter and go check out their podcast. And last but not least, um, shout out to my good friend whose birthday is today, Joanna White, who works with the Simple yeah. Boosters. Um, big, big fan of the show and will not be a big fan that I shouted her out here for her birthday, which is all the more reason to do it. Um, but happy birthday, Joanna. Uh, hope you had a wonderful day and enjoyed that FSU basketball win. Um, you're on the spot, man. What song are we playing to get out of here? Oh, I, I did not know. I, I've been thinking the song. For like I know. I've been thinking the song for like a month straight. I know. Uh, give, give me Seminole Wind. You know, Seminole the, Wind. The, <laughs> we just took down a top ten team, twenty three straight at the Tucker Center. You know, I, I can't think of a better one. Let's let's go Seminole Wind here. Awesome. Well, good stuff. Um, Excellent show tonight. We'll be back maybe later this week. Stay tuned. You'll get the alert when we go live. Follow us on all the social medias if you can. Double Fries Pod on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Patreon. Go check it out. Double Fries Pod. And we will see you next week. Go Knowles. Let's go. Oh,
Jesus came and took its toll And in the name of flood control They made their plans and they drained the land Now the glades are going dry And the last time I walked in the swamp I sat up on a cypress stump I listened close and I heard the ghost of Osceola cry. So go, go, seven and no like it ever gonna blow again. I'm calling to you like a long lost friend, but I know who you are. And go, go from the Okeechobee. The Seminoles, the alligators in the dark.